Tell the person next to you before you sit it, I'm ready to hear this. There's been a tragic myth that has derailed the church probably for thousands of years, and I've been working incredibly hard, or we have, at trying to sort this out. We've been addressing it. And the myth, the tragic myth is this, that when we talk about ministry and serving God full-time and reaching lost people, many Christians think pastors, paid staff, missionaries, priests, bishops, and all that kind of thing. But the Bible is very clear that every one of us is called to full-time ministry, and that we're all anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the mighty works of God. You see, we serve God inside the church and outside of the church. Serving inside is not more powerful or important than serving outside. In fact, let's be honest here, most of the lost people are actually outside the four walls of the church. And so we serve God in our homes as volunteers, in the workplace, uh, being a mother. 2 Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Tell the person next to you, you have a holy calling. Nice and loud. Shout it at them. Yeah. Wow. Now guess what? <laughs> I've got you. You're now responsible to fulfill this holy calling on your life from heaven. And it's mostly in the workplace for, for, for virtually all of you, except a few. It's in the workplaces, in the church office. So limiting the work of God to a few paid professionals is a major reason why the church has not made more progress over 2,000 years. Because a few people have been trying to do it all where God is saying, no, no, I need the whole body to get the job done. See, for years, people have believed that church is a place you went to on Sunday. Well, it's actually not quite correct. Some people even dress up. Not everybody. <laughs> Put on their best behavior while I'm going to church. Try not to fight with someone while you're in the church. You leave that till you get in the car park. No swearing because you're coming to church. You don't hear much swearing in church, do you? Wait till you get in the car park now outside. No, no, no swearing in or out. It's all church, folks. It's God is everywhere. God is in all the gods at work as much as he is here. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in your workplace tomorrow as much as he is in here. So, it's all, so no swearing outside or inside the church. Thank you. You come to church, you worship, you look spiritual. You hope to encounter God have a miracle, maybe even pray for someone. Well, guess what? You can have that church every day, wherever you are, at your school, your workplace, in a cafe, in your street. It's the same as church. And so when you, you can dress up for it, <laughs> just like you do for church. You can be on your best behavior. You can worship. No swearing at work. You're going to look spiritual, encounter God, believe for a miracle. You maybe even pray for someone. The point is this, you can do church here today on Sunday, but tomorrow on Monday you can do church. It's all church. And the lost are already there. But there's something else you can do tomorrow. Well, you can do it here as well. But tomorrow you can preach. 
Oh, wow. You can preach in the workplace. You say, well, how do I do that? You preach with your life by showing kindness, by working diligently, loving people, not backbiting the boss, not being in a little click of criticism. You do all those things by and serving in the church, loving. That's, this is your church tomorrow. You can do all, all of these things that are so important. And you, you preach by getting to work on time. By not leaving early. By not calling in sick when all it is is that you're tired of work. You preach with your life, friends. And people are watching you preach all the time. Wet people for, and give them an appetite for Jesus. It's all preaching wherever you are. And so you're the, you're the pastor at your workplace and your street. Tell the person next to you, I want nice and loud, okay? You are a pastor. Yeah, come on. Come on. Now we're getting somewhere. <clears throat> I'm sick of people thinking I'm the pastor. And I'm going to look after everybody. No, no, we're all pastors. You all look after everybody. We've all got this calling and anointing upon our lives. I think giving people titles is a bit of a mistake, actually. So, shepherd the people at your work. I hope you're looking after them. Are you praying for them? Taking them for a coffee? Asking them how they're doing? Checking on their family? You're the pastor. You are the pastor. Do a good job. Some people criticize church. Ah, the pastors don't do enough caring here. Well, what about all you pastors? How good are you? Huh? Maybe complain about all of you. <laughs> so as you see your role, here's the key. As you see your role in life, your job is a holy calling, then you position yourself to step into greater anointing and success. So when you go to work tomorrow, if you just think it's a job, you're not going to pray for anointing. You're not going to pray for success. You're probably going to pray for money, but probably not going to pray for any of those other things. But once you think, man, this is full-time ministry, you're going to begin to cry out to God and say, God, anoint me. Help me to bring, bring excellence to this place, bring transformation. Help me to be diligent and loving and kind. Help me to be successful. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We've, we've done it for thousands of people over the years. We'll put our hands on you. We'll pray for you for a fresh, new mantle, anointing of the Spirit to come upon you in whatever your role is in life. So there was a person struggling in the commercial business and real estate. And so they only had two small um, listings. So we had an ordination, a workplace anointing night. They came forward, they received prayer. They sent an email in the next day. And they said, uh, I rang a couple of these small uh, numbers that I had. One of them was a big property developer. I now have 80 listings. And then they said in the email, they said this, this can only be the hand of God. Thank you, Church Unlimited, for praying favor and anointing over us. It's powerful, friends. This is powerful. Mothers and fathers, loving your kids, giving them time is just as much ministry as serving in church, leading a small group, preaching, whatever you do. It's just as much ministry, friends. And if we got this vital ministry right, it would change the church and it would change the world. In fact, a lot of ministries that exist today are simply because we've not had enough anointing to do mothering and fathering better. This is worldwide. So there's, there's, if, I want to encourage you, if you're a mother, cry out to God daily. Say, God, anoint me to be a, a great mom, a great dad. And it'll make a huge difference. Because it's all ministry, friends. So as you go to work tomorrow, 
Say to yourself, I'm off to church. I'm off to worship. I'm off to preach. I'm off to serve God. Having said all this, there are those like myself who are called by God to serve. It's all full time, but inside the church, in a church role. The point is this, that is also a calling. And if God calls you to that, then you need to do it. You need to be obedient to it. So whatever the calling is, inside or outside the church, see, not, it's not like one's more or less or anything like that. It's all doing the will of God. And when you discover the will of God, you do it with all your heart and strength and all your might. And friends, quite frankly, the church is the hope of the world. And I pray God give us the best possible staff on our church in, in, in media, you know, for youth, for children, you know, for pastoral care, for administration, for finance. God, give us the best that you have got. The church should not get the leftovers of people who can't make it out there. So, oh, maybe I'll go and work for the church. No, no, no. We want people who can make it out there, then come and work in the church. It's important, friends. We need inside the church and outside the church as well. This is an organization called to change the world. Acts 6, 3 to 8. Watch this. What's happened in this passage, just a bit of background, is that the apostles and the preachers, they were getting a bit caught up in too much practical stuff, and they wanted to pass on some of the work so they could focus on prayer and the Word, which is their, their calling. So it says, Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, this is to be deacons, as it were, to do practical work. But we'll give ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the Word. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and a bunch of these other guys, whom they set before the apostles. When they had prayed and laid hands on them, watching this, it's what we're going to do tonight. Today. Stephen, we're going to pray and lay hands on people who are not full-time ministry in the church. It was the other set of people. Now watch what happens. This is really important. Watch this carefully. They prayed for right. Then the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. It didn't happen, friends, until the lay people or whatever you want to call them, the non-full-time in the church, were prayed for, laid hands on, and released. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Stephen, the deacon full-time marketplace minister, if you like, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Friends, each and every one of you is called and anointed by God to do great signs and wonders among the people. You are, we, we're all anointed to do this, friends. And we've got to get away from the thinking that there's a man on the platform or the people with some significant calling that do all this. No, as I've said before, we all have the same Holy Spirit. We all have the same Jesus. We all have the same Father. We all have the same resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We can all do signs and wonders and miracles. And that's what God wants to release His church into that calling and into that anointing. Tell the person next to you, you are a miracle worker. Come on, a bit louder than that. Try it again. You're a miracle worker. We are all miracle workers. So the next great move of God that is going to bring in the greatest ever harvest is when the whole army is anointed and mobilized. All Christians sharing the gospel in the marketplace, seeing healings, seeing people saved. 
I say power to the people. I say anointing, give it back to where it belongs, back to the pew, back to every believer in Christ, because the coming greatest harvest we're ever going to see is not going to be not going to be reaped by a few great evangelists and apostles. It's not, friends. God's it's going to be reaped by all of us. God's end, God will end the days of a one-man show. Few demonstrators of God's power will become multi-millions of demonstrators. The world will no longer exclaim, "What a man!" But he's going to, they're going to say, what a church. That's you and I, every one of us. And friends, we've got to stop lifting up the man or the woman. That is what, that's what's immobilizing the church of Jesus Christ because we think that man can do it, that woman can do it. No, I say you can do it. I say that man, that woman, every one of you can do it. We want a mighty church, you know, elevating men and women and lifting them up. It is wrong. It is, we, it's a mistake that the body of Christ, I believe, is making. And the more we elevate individuals, the more we decrease the person in the pew. Because you all look, at, oh, wow, up there. No, look, wow, across. That's why you want to look, wow, at every person around you. Look at the person next to you and go, wow. <laughs> all right. We're pushing it out a bit here, aren't we? <clears throat> Can you just remember this, please? You know, the temptation of the human heart is to idolize people. Idolize, especially men of God, women of God, we idolize them. That is so, so wrong. It's idolatry, and it must stop. I did not die, and nor did any of these men or women die for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. If you want to lift someone up, lift up Jesus. If Jesus was on Instagram, he'd have billions of followers. If he was on Facebook, he'd have more followers than anyone on the planet. Because Jesus is the greatest of all. Don't give his glory to anyone else, please. We've got to stop this. We've got to stop this. Because it immobilizes the average person in the pew. Moving along. I believe in anointed, on-fire plumbers, accountants, bankers, builders, teachers, IT workers, CEOs. In fact, you don't need a pastor to pray for you. Now, we do that on a service because it's practical and it's the way it works. But really, God wants to flow through all believers. Your miracle is probably sitting in your row. Have a look along your row. Thinking, man, they've got the key to my breakthrough. You might say, you're pushing that a bit far. Well, listen to this. Some researchers found that the average healing ministry lasts about eight years. Some maybe a bit longer. But then they discovered this. When prayed for by the healing ministry, the success rate is 1% to 3%. It's not a lot, is it? You listening? You're leaning in. Don't want to miss the next bit. When the body of believers, when you are released to minister, the success rate moves to between 24 and 32%. Okay. So you make your choice. Get the man at the front to pray for you. One to three percent chance. Get someone in the congregation 
to pray for you, 24 to 32% chance. Are you getting it, folks? Your miracle is probably seated in one of these pews. I want to push this a little further. That tells me it is possible that there's a person in this room that needs a miracle and they're only going to get it from you, not from me. And if we don't mobilize the body of Christ, I can't say I know this for sure, but maybe some people are never going to get healed. Because it's, it's like if I refuse to pray for anyone anymore, there's some people probably won't get healed. We have got to mobilize the body. And I think the reason there's so many who don't get healed and so many sick and don't get breakthrough is we've not mobilized the body of Christ. We've not released the anointings that you carry. We've not released the gifts that you carry. We've just released a few people with gifts and anointing. But God is saying, you know, the, the cup is only a 10% full. You need to fill it 100% by releasing all the anointings in this room, all the giftings in this room, all the healings that are sitting in this room, all the breakthrough anointings in this room. We need to release them, and then the church will get healed. The body will get healed. We'll get our breakthroughs. There's got to be some reason why so many don't get their healing and their breakthrough. I'm just suggesting this could well be one of them. I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it, but I do feel it fairly strongly. All right. So, there's not two categories of people in the church. There's not the clergy, the pastors, and then the laity. It's not us and you. Okay? We're all together. And the focal point of Christianity is not church services in the building. They're important. But the focus is also outside the building, where all the lost people are. That's the focal point. Sometimes we put everything into the Sunday service, Sunday church service, and that's good. We need to do that. But also we need to put a big focus outside on Monday church, Tuesday church, Wednesday church, where you are. And remember, you're the pastor. Uh-huh. You're the preacher. Yeah, I just really, in some ways, I just have to preach half an hour on a Sunday. You guys have to preach all week. Hope you're studying long and hard for that. But I have to preach all week as well because wherever you are, you're preaching. I guess that's the honest truth of it, isn't it? Now, many people think that workplace ministers are not as spiritual as church ministers. Hmm. My problem with that is I know too many pastors. Too many. And I'm telling you, they are not more spiritual than the people in the pew. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. There are people in this church that are far more spiritual than any pastor I have ever met. So that's a myth, you see. We simply, there's this tendency to elevate. It's just so huge, isn't it? We can't help it. And we think someone, because they're on a pulpit, man, they must be a man of God, must be a woman of God. They're not. Just ask my wife. <laughs> We're just human like everyone else. Titles like pastor, bishop, priest, clergy, lady, lay, laity has led to the view that ministry is done by professionals and it's immobilized so much of the body of Christ. We have got to mobilize the body. That's really the biggest challenge, I think, facing the church today. So in serving in the church... It's not superior to serving outside the church. 
And serving outside the church is not superior to serving inside the church. It's all the same. It's all equal and it's all important. Colossians 3, 23 to 24, whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord, not to men. Whatever you do, whatever. Not to men. Knowing from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So here's a question I want to ask you. What would you prefer? Three months without a garbage collection or three months without a pastor? How many of you would prefer three months without a garbage collector? Raise your hand. How many prefer three months without the pastor? How many... All right, let's change the draft here. So your toilet is seriously blocked, and the stench is unbearable. Who do you want to knock on your door? The pastor or the plumber? How many want the plumber? How many want the pastor? I resign right now. Nobody wants me. Unwanted. Can you see it's all ministry? Aren't you thankful for plumbers and builders and, and, and engineers and all these other people? You know, you know social workers. In it. Why? Because that's how God cares for his creation. It's all serving. It's all ministry. You know, it's all full-time ministry for God. And when we recognize that, friends, it changes the whole landscape of how we think. One of the biggest mistakes I think we make is we say this is spiritual ministry and this is secular. Well, if it's secular, why did God even allow it to exist? No, it's all vital, friends, to the efficient running of God's world. We need it all. Imagine if everyone was a pastor. God help us. There'd be no houses to live in. Hey, there'll be no toilets made. You know, be back to long drops. But even then, someone would have to dig that ditch. All right. I prayed in a church, this was up north a while ago, and did this message, Ordination Vacation. I do it quite a few different places. There was an architect in the church. We prayed for him, laid hands on him. He, said, he told me the next time I visited, he said, um, he said, before I was prayed for, he said, I had no contracts coming in. He said, the following week after being prayed for, I received three contracts. Friends, this stuff works. This stuff is powerful. And if there's anything God wants to do in his church today, one of the biggest things he wants to do is to mobilize and anoint people for the marketplace. Because that's where the lost are, and that is the most neglected mission field in the world, is the marketplace. So if there's any anointing that's hanging around right now, God wants to anoint you for your workplace role or wherever your role might be in society. Prayed in another church, ordination for vocation. Next time I visited, there was this lady there. She came up to me. She said, I have a boat business. She said, I came up for prayer because I had no, no, no sales. There was no, no customers. No one was buying any of these boats. And she said, since you came between your, your two visits, I think it was six months between our visits, she said, I have sold nine boats, each one for $150,000. So I said, I want a 10% cut, please. <laughs> I've never seen her again. I think she left the church because she knew I was coming back to preach. It works, friends, and it is so, so powerful. There's a man in Asia who sold goods on the side of the road, poor man, struggling, 
how could, couldn't make ends meet. He didn't believe he could do well because he lacked education and he lacked skill. He just was just a very average person. He became a Christian. And the pastor said to him, don't just depend on your skill, depend on God's anointing for success. This was like a revelation. I wonder how many of you are expecting, depending on God every day for success in your marketplace, in your workplace. I wonder how many of you are doing, I hope, hope most of you are. So anyway, what he would do every morning, he'd get up and pray, and he said, God, anoint me. God, mantle me with your spirit for my workplace job. And as he prayed that, friends, God began to bless him and prosper him. His business did so well. And the last time I read this, uh, this story, he was dr driving a Mercedes Benz. Friends, poor, uneducated, unskilled. But a moment came, he realized he's a full-time minister. And he realized there was anointing available for him wherever he went. He stepped into that, and God changed the narrative and the future of his life. There is so much anointing available for you to succeed and excel. Can I just tell you a little bit about Adelaide? Had one of the most wonderful times I've ever enjoyed in my life. Uh, and uh, it's a great blessing, of course, having Jody with me. And the Italian hospitality is, no, no photos yet, please. Um, I'll let you know. Thank you. Um, Italian hospitality, it's, it's like crazy. Like they, they, they're into five-course meals. We probably had four or five of those in the course of that time. And uh, Sunday morning, about 3 o'clock, they took us out for a meal, five-course meal. I was so, ate so much, and it felt so bloated. And I got on the scales, and they said, one at a time, please. <laughs> then I had to preach. Seriously, and I'm thinking, you know. So I marched up and down my, my, my hotel room trying to get rid of the spoon. And then I got the stitch, you know. So I thought, oh, this is going to be so bad. And anyway, it all settled down. I got there and I preached and it went well enough. And then they said, oh, we're going out for a meal tonight. And I said, oh, are we really? Yeah, this lady, she's so looking forward to you being there. It's a five-course meal. Man. Well, we just had to do justice to the food put in front of us, so we ate and we enjoyed it, but boy, it was, it was a lot of food. But the thing about this, this uh, time away was that from the first night, Thursday night, it was like I had moment with God after moment with God, an encounter, probably five or six during the course of about three or four days where God just impacted my life. It was, it was just wonderful. But on the first night of the conference, I spoke on uh, Breakthrough with Declaration. And I discovered that they had this land. See, they've got this building, and they, can, they own the airspace, so they've got two floors, and go up to 10. But they needed some more land so they could you know, have all the bits and pieces so they can get a car park going, all the rest of it. And there's this land sort of just beside their building, and they've been trying to get it for 20 years. They've had their eye on it. So I'm preaching away, finished my message on decoration. I said, like, Pastor, you understand you, you want this building out the back there? He said, yeah. I said, do, do you mind if we, we go after it? He said, by all means. So I gave him Zechariah 4, verse 6, you know, shouting grace, grace to the mountain. So I've got them all stand up, everybody, raise your hands. For, you know, grace, grace, you know, five times, clap, cheer, drums were rolling. It was fantastic. But I felt after I'd done, I thought, we need to do that one again. So I said, come, listen, I'm going to try this again. I said, we, we want to see a breakthrough. So grace, grace, did it five times. After this property for 20 years, the next day, that was Thursday night, the next day, Friday, there's a contract on the pastor's table 
and they are the new owners of that land. You're talking about the Lord of mighty breakthroughs? Mighty breakthroughs. And so I've never seen something happen that fast. And so the, the actual price of the land was 1.6 million, but the person who negotiated it got it for 1.3 million. So I said to the pastor, I've just saved you $300,000. How about 50-50? All he said is, you're not coming back here again. You just come for your money. It was extraordinary, folks. It was just phenomenal. Then I preached a message on prayer. And, you know, I was crying as I was pleading with the church, or God was pleading with the church to get back to prayer to get on their knees and seek his face. It was the only hope of the world that we had. And um, during that message, afterwards, four times from the pulpit, I think three or four times, Danny said, from that message, my prayer life has changed. He said, I got up. He said, it's, it's just changed. God has apprehended me with prayer. And, uh, and then I was, a pastor was taking, one pastor taking me to the airport, and I said, the high moment for my, me in that conference was when that pastor said, um, when Danny said, my prayer life has changed. And that pastor said, mine has changed too. And he said, so has other pastors. He said, he said, so many in the church, their prayer life has changed from that one message. Friends, that just, for me, was the highlight. That was the highlight of the, of the whole thing. And then I did one more thing on the last night of the conference, which I do in different places now. I said, I want to pray for everyone 11 to 30 years, early 30s, like we've done in our conferences. And so as always happens, they all came forward and the pastor's standing in shock. He can't believe suddenly all these young people have emerged. They've come out of the woodwork. Over 100 young people standing at the altar. And we prayed over them. And the pastor then said something that just caught my attention. He looked at that group of, many of them were the 18 to 30-year-old age group. And as he looked at them, he said, he, he said that he said, this was the age group that planted this church. And I thought, okay, God. It's time for the 18 to early 30-year-olds. Maybe God's going to raise them up to start planting churches in this nation, other nations, wherever it might be. There's a generation rising, friends. There's a generation rising. I don't think they know it yet, but I know it. And we're going to see it happen and see what God will do. Why do I share all that in the midst of this message? This is why I share it with you. Because I'm called, like you, I'm also called to full-time ministry. Mine just happens to be in the church. Yours is outside the church. But as a full-time minister, I'm crying out to God all the time. God, anoint me. Mantle me. Make me more successful. Make me more effective in what I do. And because I do that all the time, friends, God, God just slowly but surely just increases the impact and the anointing level. So if I do that as a full-time minister, you need to do it as a full-time minister as well. And as you do, you're going to see God increase his favor, his anointing, his blessing, his impact in and through your life. I think you'll be shocked at what God will do through you. He won't just bless you in your job. He'll bless you in, your, in praying for people. He'll bless you in seeing people saved. He'll just bless you in bringing transformation to your workplace. There's anointing available for you. There was a church that had no pastor. Often the pastor was, was, they just had no one. If someone got sick, they called a deacon, a full-time workplace minister, 
to anoint with oil. In fact, he was a farmer. He was a farmer. And so patients would go to the doctor, and when the doctors could no longer help them, basically leaving them, you know, they're going to die, they would then send them to this deacon, this full-time workplace minister. And they discovered that virtually everyone he prayed for was totally healed by the power of God. And so they went to the deacon, and they said, Deacon, have you got some special calling for this? He said, no. He said, do you have some special anointing that God's given you for that? He said, no. Then they said, well, what is it? He said, I just believe the Bible. These shines shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hand on the sick and they'll, they will recover. Friends, if you start to believe this stuff, it will totally radically change your life. I can't think of anything more boring, more miserable than going to work just to earn some money and waiting for the weekends and waiting for the holidays. If that's you, you're missing something, folks. You're called and anointed to full-time ministry to impact your, your workplace, bring transformation. It should be an exciting day. You have church every day. So it's time, friends. It's time. Wherever you are, God has put you there. You're not in your job by accident. Note that. You're not there by accident. It's a design of God. Thank you. I will. God sent you. You're the right person in the right place to have an impact for God wherever he has placed you. It's more than a job. It's a divine calling from heaven on your life. It's time now to step in to a whole new level of workplace anointing and impact. This is your time. Amen. Amen.